Welcome to Women Winning at Work podcast. My name is Barka Herman. I interview women with successful careers in tech. Please like and share this episode and podcast, and do reach out to me if you or someone you know would like to be featured on my podcast. The best place to find me is on LinkedIn, Barka Herman. And now, without delay, please enjoy this episode. Okay, so I am starting to record, and uh, <clears throat> I'll just set it up with saying my uh, podcast's name and everything. So, uh, okay, let's get started. So welcome to another episode of Women Winning at Work with Barca Herman. And today I have a wonderful founder, Danielle Boris, with me to talk about her experience. Danielle, uh, so tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. I am the founder of a company called Sandbox. And what we do is we leverage intrinsic motivation and purpose to identify who is disengaged within a company and help uniquely re-inspire each team member. Oh, that sounds Fascinating. I have all kinds of questions about it. But before we go there, <laughs> I want to and I'm a com- comic book nerd. So I, I do this with every one of my guests. I would love to know, um, you know, you're the, the superhero of your life. And what is your origin story? How did you end up here? Yeah, I was very lucky to be raised by amazing parents who always instilled in me that I could do anything I wanted to do. And we had books, you know, women can do anything, you know, girls can do, insert whatever activity it was, a whole series. And it wasn't necessarily that it was verbalized to me, you should go on to have a great career. It was just instilled in me. Um, Mm -hmm. I saw both of my parents, uh, very entrepreneurial people, um, working hard in their lives. In fact, my grandparents are also entrepreneurs. And so I just internalized that. And there was never any discussion of you're a woman, so you're you're treated differently. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually, I have a very female-dominated extended family as well. So in my immediate family, uh, it's my parents, my mother, father, and I have a sister. My mom is the oldest of four, three girls, and then um, I have an uncle, and my cousins are all um, women as well. So... Everyone in my family, there, lots of female energy, everyone working hard um, to accomplish their goals. So there was never any piece that um, made me think, oh, I'm a woman, so I shouldn't be doing something. I'm yeah. going to achieve, and I'm very grateful for that. And, and so, um, so I'll, I'll make a comment here because this is something that is interesting to me because I was actually born and raised in India, and in Indian, you know, um, sort of mythology and history and culture, the, 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 the principle of strength is feminine. I love that. So to me, it was a surprise that other people don't see, like, that doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, I'd love to hear, like, okay, so startup is difficult. So, uh, you know, how did you, how did you come to the idea? You know, uh, did you graduate? Did you have a career or did you just go, nope, start up? How did how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, um, I graduated college and I started working for uh, one of the best companies to work for. I was very grateful. Um, I was at BuzzFeed at the time. Nice. 
And um, I landed what I thought was my dream job. I was doing ad effectiveness research. So it was the beginning of native advertising, which today we all accept. Of course, native advertising is uh, very effective. But when I had graduated college, it was just starting out. And so I was doing all of the research to understand um, if native advertising was an effective form of advertising. And my first week of work, I was walking to a meeting, and I don't know if anyone listening or even if you remember this feeling of, yes, it's week one. I'm going to have this great (laughs) meeting. It's going to be lunch. Everything felt so new and exciting. Um, And one of my colleagues, who's fantastic, um, said to me, she's only five years older, and she said to me, oh, I remember being excited my first week also. Wow. You'll get over that. And she didn't mean anything negative by it. She, yeah. to her, she was just like, oh, it's, you know, it was almost like a, a nice innocence that I, that I was carrying. And so, um, I remember in that moment though, feeling, I don't want to ever get over it. I never want to yeah. this feeling of excitement about work, especially because I grew up, you know, seeing people love what they do. Um, and so I didn't know it at the time, but that had really, you know, spark something in me. And as I continued my career, I kept making sure that I had that spark inside me. So as soon as I felt myself losing it, I said, no, no, I want to get it back. I want to get back. I never let myself get to a place of work is just work and it's terrible. Oh, well. And I realized how hard it was to actually keep that spark alive. Um, I, Ended up uh, working at another company after BuzzFeed. Again, an amazing place to work with amazing managers who I'm still in touch with today. It had nothing to do with how great the people are. People are mm-hmm. fantastic. I worked for amazing companies, and I'm so lucky to be able to say that and grateful. It was that the system wasn't designed to help people keep that spark alive. And I realized that during my MBA. So actually doing the first reading for my first day of class, um, I learned that companies motivate talent through extrinsic rewards. So right. companies say to their employees, right, you need to, re- you need to do a good job so that you get a promotion, so that you get a bonus. Um, you know, if you stay working here, we'll have, you know, office happy hours, we'll have free lunch, um, you know, what, what have you, all of these extrinsic motivators. But people are motivated intrinsically. Um, mm. I shouldn't say we're not solely motivated intrinsically, but intrinsic motivation is stronger. It's the motivation that comes from inside us that says, I want to do this. And there is no way for companies to tap into that intrinsic motivation in their teams. So I started building Sandbox as that solution. We need to uncover what intrinsically motivates every single person in the company and then be able to systematically tap into it by aligning them with the right tasks jobs, projects, initiatives that Mm. fuel their sense of purpose um, within the organization. Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful story. That's that's fantastic. Um, I would love to uh, ask you next um, as and and you kind of touched on this about your childhood. Uh, As a woman, did you face uh, challenges in workplace or even, you know, when you're a startup? Did you what, what what kind of challenges did you face as being a woman as the face of the company? Yeah, the. 
first time I was acutely aware that I was a female founder and a female solo founder was actually during a mock VC pitch. Um, my company is bootstrapped, but I was part of an accelerator where everyone, you know, practiced their pitch on VCs who were not actually giving us any money. So there was nothing on the table. All they were supposed to do was give feedback. It was uh, during the pandemic that I was practicing this, and so it was virtual. Mm. And I was in a room, um, and I was the only female founder uh, pitching uh, alone in the room. And as, you know, one by one, everyone did their pitch, and they all got this great feedback on the content of their pitch and how to make their pitch better and their business model. I did my pitch, and suddenly all of my feedback was about me. And it was truly the first time where I said, oh, my God, I I can't believe that just happened. And it, I, I didn't know what I possibly could have done differently um, because it wasn't about me at the end of the day. Right. It was a bias. Yeah. I was in the room. But that was really the first time. Um, and, it, and it was gutting. I mean, everyone yeah. about it. Um, we, you know especially women in tech, women founders, we all talk about the biases that are there, but I had never experienced it firsthand until that moment. From there, you know, I tried to take what I could from the feedback. You know, okay, did they say anything that that adjusted the pitch? And at the end of the day, I realized that everyone will give you their two cents on what mm-hmm. you said. It will land slightly differently with every person. And if you listen to every person's little bit of feedback, you're going to drive yourself crazy. So um, I continuously work because it's not easy to say, okay, someone just gave me feedback, whether it was biased feedback or not. Someone gave me feedback. How does that sit in my gut? Is it a hard pill to swallow because it's true? Is it just not sitting right with me because I really believe that, this is the right way to do it because I, no one knows the research better than me. No one knows my business better than me. No one knows my customer better than me. I'm living it every day. And so that's the biggest piece of advice I honestly would have is listen to yourself and your gut, mm-hmm. but still, you know, keep your ears open, but filter it through your gut um, yeah. before you make a decision. What wise words for somebody who is so young and just starting out. And I, I don't mean that pejoratively. Absolutely not. So it's inspiring. Oh, thank so, um, you. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, and, and so, you know, not to leave people, um, with the negative, because the purpose of this podcast is really to get more women interested in tech. And so, um, what is the good part of being a woman in tech? There's this saying that I love is um, they can't stop you if they don't see you coming. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, love it. So there, you know, being underestimated is definitely, you know, you can use it to your advantage. Um, I also, though, think that the sisterhood we've created is incredibly valuable. I am very big on lifting other women up, to why I'm so excited to be on your podcast today. Um, so leaning you know, into that sisterhood and saying, how can we really help each other? How can we join hands and lift each other up? 
Um, there's actually a graphic I love of women, you know, lift, physically lifting each other up mm. and it goes, it goes in a loop. So that is so powerful. Um, and the power we have together, right? It's mm-hmm. one thing to be a solo female founder. It's another thing to be a solo female founder who has made connections with other female founders who will always share out your posts and who will keep an ear out for anyone who might, you know, want your tech or might benefit from your tech or might be a good team member for you. Um, and you do the same. And I want to say more than just the business a- applications, right, of supporting each other in business, the emotional support. Um, yeah. It's really valuable as well because being a founder uh, is the loneliest job in the world. <laughs> it's it's incredibly lonely. It's incredibly difficult. So leaning into that sisterhood, I found, has lifted me up and has made me feel connected rather than alone. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. And, you know, I, I just want to take a step back and just congratulate you, uh, Danielle, is that, you know, here's a here's a woman who comes from a family where you're believed in. And then you go into the industry and you see a little bit of the sarcasm that we see in the world today. Like, you know, you can call it malaise or whatever. And, you know, there's listen, the world is full of amazing goodness and, you know, some some also some nastiness. But um, you recognizing that and creating a company around that, you know, because that that dialogue that you heard from your your coworker even though it was not meant to be a downer, inspired you to create something fascinating and beautiful. And then, you know, overcoming the the bias and, you know, the the, the limited viewpoints of others. Uh, wow. I just, I'm so impressed. I'm oh. so impressed. Oh, well, thank you so much. But, I mean, honestly, part of my business is about, everyone being unique. And so, you know, as women, we have unique a unique point of view, but also even though we share womanhood, every single person on this planet sees the world in a unique way. And yeah. no one else can take that perspective away from you. And so, use your superpowers. Are we talking about comic books, you know? Um what is your zone of genius? What is your superpower that sets you apart? No one else in the world has it. Because yeah, and and I want to I want to say this um, that you know you saw the that lack in the industry that that is and I believe it's because you're a woman and you're a particular woman that you saw that that nobody else could have seen it and created a business around it. So wow, you know. Yeah, thank you. It's it's actually really interesting to me. You know, I try to keep up with any new technology that comes up in my space. And while there's a lot of technologies that help people make profiles, help employees make profiles about themselves, none are actually tapping into the intrinsic motivation and none are connecting the employee's profile to the actual day-to-day work. And that's mm-hmm. what's really missing is that connection. Um, we talk about connection in terms of people, right? Oh, you want a relationship. But at the end of the day, any job I left was because I no longer felt connected to my work. Mm. And I was no longer learning and growing. So how can we systematically learn and grow? Because when we do that, when we treat everyone 
as the humans they are, the unique, amazing, wonderful, weird humans yeah. that can actually uh, create thriving organizations and we can create more inclusive companies as well. When we look at people for their unique strengths, we say, yeah. and with their unique learning opportunities, what does this person uniquely want to do with their career? Oh, let's give them these opportunities. Um, yeah. can actually start to solve burnout um, as well because the research shows that burnout doesn't stem from overwork. It stems from overwork that doesn't align with your sense of purpose. Now, where does your purpose come from? It comes from what's uniquely you, from what you're uniquely driven to do, your intrinsic motivation, right? That yeah. is very close to your sense of purpose. So um, we actually can create development plans for every single employee, systematically. Everyone is uniquely and systematically developing towards their goals just yeah. by nature of working. I mean, that is just so cool. Um, and, yes, I, I do think, you know, I started to see it because I'm a, of a woman, but I'm also mm-hmm. a very outspoken woman. And so, um, and whether you're male, female, or you don't identify, you still are not necessarily outspoken, right? Um, we have introverts, we have extroverts. Mm. When I you know, was working, I would voice, us, I want to do this. And that's, um, there's a bias in that as well in terms of generally yeah. who speaks up, right? So yeah. even by speaking up, it still wasn't possible all the time. So how can we make it possible? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, beautifully said. Uh, you, you've, you are on the same page as me. You know, this is, uh, this is what I do. I, I recently wrote an article about, you know, uh, having that growth mindset and having that, you know, in, internal motivation. Um, it, absolutely amazing. Um, so let's, let's move to another question that I usually ask my guests. Uh, if you had to give advice, to your 15 year old self or your 18 year old self or your even your you know 20 year old self what would you have to say to them yeah follow your interests mm-hmm. and everything will work out um, and it's actually something I noticed after listening to different podcasts and different interviews with yeah. successful people not just women um, you know anyone who is successful and when you listen to their founding stories, they say, I didn't know why, but it was sort of interesting to me. And so, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I explored it a little bit. I said, really? Like, you know, it was just interesting. It didn't align with the path that you were, quote, supposed to be on, right? There was nothing yeah. saying I should do this, but it seemed cool, so I wanted to to look into it. And time after time, the people who are happiest um, and at the top of their profession – actually were the ones who just followed what sparked them. Um, And they didn't necessarily follow the path that someone else told them they should be on. And the research is actually really interesting here because happiness research, excuse me, happiness research shows that happiness is the precursor to success. Whereas Mm. in the U.S. especially, we think that, Success, especially financial success, is the precursor to happiness. And that was really interesting to me, too. So the more I follow what makes me happy, the more likely I am to be successful in all of the measures of success. 
what a powerful idea. So why don't I keep Oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. And I am a believer in this philosophy. So you and I must be listening to the same podcasts. <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad yeah. you need to read your article as well. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I am going to quote you on that and put your picture next to it, the quote, uh, but um, on all my socials. But, um, you know, seriously, this is so important. I think that people are focusing on, uh, you know, and you've taken your whatever negatives and you've kind of made them into positives. You've taken a, hey, this is missing in the world and you've done something about it. You've created a company and you're kind of transforming lives doing that. This is what I believe. Um and and so much, you know, I hope so much success to you. But but I think that this is true, that people people uh, are chasing the the success, whatever the, their definition of it before fulfillment. And I think that fulfillment is the way to success, not the other way. Right. So it, beautiful, beautiful. And, uh, you know, happiness. Um I would love to, uh, I'd love to hear, and before we go into that, I've also heard criticism of it, saying, well, you know, you've got to eat. Listen, we live in the world's, you know, arguably richest country, and yes, absolutely take care of, uh, you know, the food, the sleep, the illness first. Having done all that, then pursue happiness. Agreed. <laughs> but I think... It would be safe to say that a lot of us don't have to worry about, you know, food in these days. Um, but I'd love to hear anything you want to parting wisdom to our my listeners, as well as, you know, where can they find you? Where can they go to say, hey, company, bring this app to our, you know, our organization. I really need to have this. This sounds right to me. Yeah, well, off of what you just said, um, I actually talk about that in chapter one of my book, um, which is the energy of weirdos. And um, so what I say is, yes, it is not always possible to be 100 percent aligned with what inspires you and interests you and makes you happy. But if you are in a role, um, for example, I know people who. Uh, they know where they want to go, but you know, there's a lot of years of some grunt work, but they really want that, you know, that role after it. Um, great. So what they end up doing is you realign your day-to-day work to say, how can I get the most out of it in terms of my sense of purpose, in terms of what mm-hmm. it motivates me? So if I were to just shift it a little bit or reframe it, right, into, wow, I'm really grateful that I get to do this even little sliver of, of yeah. what my work every day. Um, and in my book, there's a wonderful story of her, Kieran, um, who is a friend of mine, and how she did this at work. And now she's living her best life, um, and she has this wonderful analogy of a triangle. But um, it's not 100% possible. I agree with the criticism. But what is possible is reframing. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, and the studies show that when people – are able to reframe when companies are able to help someone reframe. They actually um, can tap into that intrinsic motivation, that sense of purpose. In terms of parting words, believe in yourself, trust your instincts and your gut, 
they're there for a reason. Um, and follow, like I said earlier, follow what really inspires you. It might seem crazy to other people. Why are you doing that? What? It makes no sense. Um, I certainly had people say that to me. Um, I had someone say, you think you've solved employee engagement and retention? No one else has solved it. Good luck. Right? And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> right? I, I think I've done it. But actually, by starting the business, I um, and, you know, leaning into my interests, I ended up writing a book. I was not expecting to write a book at this stage of my life. I ended up starting a podcast because I just kept pulling at that thread. This intrinsic motivation thing is really, really cool. You know, what, what else can I do with it? Um, and the opportunity sort of followed uh, naturally. So remember to be true to yourself, to stay authentic, yeah. and um, don't be afraid to, you know, lean into the people around you and lift each other up. Beautiful, beautiful. And where can people find your company? How can we, how can I get the word out? This sounds like a noble cause to me. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah, thank you. So the company is Sandbox. We are Sandbox together. Um, and that is across social media and our website is sandboxtogether.com. Um, you can follow us again on Instagram, on LinkedIn. You can go to our website. You can um, go through me, Danielle Boris, um, and that's on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and my website, DanielleBoris.com. You can also read my new book, The Energy of Weirdos, Unlocking the Science Behind People-First Leadership, um, and my podcast is called Unboxing Humans. I love, love, love all of that. I love the title of your book. I am one of those weirdos. <laughs> I am one of those weirdos, too, the weirdos who love work and who love what we do. Definitely buying a copy today. And thank you so much for being on the podcast, Danielle. Uh, love the energy you bring and love the work that you're doing. I'm a big fan, and hopefully a lot of my listeners will become fans as well. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful speaking with you. So much fun. All right. I'm going to stop recording. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much for listening. Please like this episode and share it with someone you think that'll enjoy it. And do reach out to me on LinkedIn and connect. And also, if you would like to, please join my newsletter by visiting www.barkaherman.com. Thank you.